Just when he ran to me, he took me in his arms, held my head to his chest, said, My son's come on. For this command is a lamp. This teaching is a light, and correction and instruction are the way to life. Proverbs 6.23 Join Bishop Patrick Bruce of the Lighthouse Chapel International Bantama as it brings you the pure, unadulterated Word of God. This teaching is anointed, practical, down-to-earth and full of wisdom and will refresh, energize and bring healing to your body and soul. Listen to the Word of God. Well, good evening to all of us out there. And uh, the song says, Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord, be courageous. That's the message Ida has for us this evening as we start our time together. A great door of opportunities open unto us to, to fellowship this evening. And there are many adversaries, sleep, tiredness, no uh, bundle, no network, poor network. There are many, many adversaries. But I believe that tonight we are going to overcome all those ad adversaries and have a very, very good time. Um, I'm happy to be here this evening for another Tuesday evening special with you, where we talk about how to be a strong Christian. Because in these difficult days and these, these, these uh, challenging times, it takes great strength. That's the word that God had for Joshua as he took over from Moses. Be, of, be not afraid, be strong, have a good courage. Uh, several times God told him to be strong. And I think therefore being strong is something which we will need to have in these days. Let us share a word of prayer. Father, thank you so very much for bringing us together this evening. Everyone at home, driving far, uh, anywhere we find ourselves in the world. Thank you that, Lord, you have uh, prepared us for this moment, this day. I pray that your word will be exactly what we need tonight. A word for somebody to be direct, to see direction. A word for somebody to receive correction, a word for somebody to receive encouragement, and a word for somebody to be told that this is the way we walk in it. Thank you so very, very much for every opportunity we have. We bless you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Um, this evening we are talking about being a fruitful Christian. Last week we talked about being a deep Christian, and we said that to be deep we must have Faith, believe. Um, Jesus told the man, only believe. Don't be afraid. Only believe. You must believe what you hear. I mean, faith is 
hearing and believing. And is receive it and follow and accept it. So uh, faith is one of the key things you need to be a deep Christian. Then you must have the word. You must have the word in you. The word is the sword. When Jesus battled the devil in the wilderness, he didn't have any knife, machine gun, any bazooka, nothing. All he had was the word. The word was a sword and it was enough to overcome that enemy, that adverse, that dragon. The sword was enough to overcome him and drive him away. You need the word. I mean, you must be somebody who is able to read the Bible and do your quiet time daily, daily. I don't know how to repeat this too much or enough because I think that's the problem many of us have. Quiet time is not frequent. We don't let God speak to us. So we go days and days without hearing from God. That's, that's clearly not good enough. You will not have um, enough contact with heaven. And the third thing you need to be a deep Christian is the Holy Spirit. I mean, you need the Holy Spirit. Um, praying in tongues, Shabayanda, Kateya. Praying in tongues is, is, is the key. And um, as, you, as you see, anybody who prays a proper prayer, you will find it very difficult to stop prayer. I mean, those who pray and they are happy when they say the last topic is this. Ah, last topic, at last. You're not a proper Christian. You didn't pray well. You're not serious. I mean, if you're talking to your beloved, you're talking to your best friend, and you're chatting, and then she says, I gotta go. The first thing is, oh, really? Oh, do you have to go? Oh, can't you stay a bit longer? That's the response to somebody who is talking to somebody who he loves. Any, any idea of I'm going is met with, can't you stay a bit longer? Do you have to go? Is there really that you have to go? But you see, you, when it's prayer time, you won't even come in the first place. And then when you come, you want to run away and go home. After 30 minutes, one hour, you say it's enough. Three minutes, three hour prayer meeting, you won't come. All night, just a few come. And so the, the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, talking to Him, praying deeply, frequently with the Holy Spirit, is a sign of death in, in Christ. And I want us to really practice that habit. Um, these days of, of ban on gathering, they are the exact best opportunity to practice uh, your depth with the Holy Spirit. Practice how to really go deeper with Him by praying more and more. And, and the fact that you can pray alone, uh, or the fact that you can't pray alone, is a sign that you are not very deep. And the fact that uh, if you are praying alone, after five minutes, you are tired. After ten minutes, when you check, oh, thirty minutes has gone. But it's only ten minutes. It, it means that the prayer is not sweet <clears throat> for you. But um, as we as we grow deeper in the Lord, you enjoy. Look, I, I really enjoy the flow time with the prophets. I mean, it's it's amazing that we can do all day. Eight hours is a working day. I mean, it's fantastic that we pray. And before you are aware of it, the most shocking thing, the most shocking thing is suddenly it's 10 o'clock. And it's like, ah, we began at 4. Suddenly it's 10 o'clock. And then, okay, we are closing, we are closing. When you check, it's 11 o'clock. Wow, that's a prayer meeting. That is a real prayer meeting with a man 
who loves prayer and knows the Lord. Not like prayer meetings where you are struggling through and through. So, how to be a deep Christian? These are three keys that we need to have to, to be a deep Christian. Tonight, I'm looking at how to be a fruitful Christian. How to be a fruitful Christian. Um, to begin with, to begin with, every person must recognize that your life has a purpose. Every single person who is uh, alive on this earth, there is nobody whose life is by chance. There are even some children who have heard, God forbid, they have heard their mommy say, I regret warning you. There are some who, they are, when their father made their mothers pregnant, he walked away and left them. I don't like this child. There are some who are rejected by their parents and they wonder if they are wanted or they are... No, 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 no. Your, your parents were used by God to bring you to this earth. Nobody... Look, life is so sacred, it's so precious that uh, you cannot be born by chance. And God is watching out uh, His purposes over every life. So every single person has a purpose and that is how come God could tell Jeremiah even while you were your mother's womb um, you, you must be a doctor you must be somebody who has seen these things right? a, a, a baby yet to be formed in the mother's womb they are often like a, a clot of blood it's, it's, it doesn't even look like a human being it's, it's something that is now taking shape and God says even when you were in that state I knew you, and I had a plan for you. I called you to be a prophet. So, um, what I'm saying is that every person, every single person, has has a purpose to his life. Uh, maybe you are in some difficult circumstances, so you think that is a mistake. That oh, my life is a mistake. I should have not been born. Or no, 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 no. no. Your life is not a mistake. Mark chapter. 13, Mark chapter 13 and verse 34. It says, For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. To every man his work. Every single person has an assignment on this earth. I've, I've learned, I've tried working with various teams of people. I've tried to raise up various teams and I've learned something. The best way is to have a project and have somebody who is responsible for that project. When you can do that, your chances of success are 99%. Have the project and have somebody who will say, I will take it up. There is somebody whose work is that project. When you say, oh, let's do it, some will not do it. Some, when they touch it, it will spoil. They would rather make a mess than trying to sweep and the child is helping you. He's rather making a mess. That's what he's calling. You are trying to make a cake and your little boy is helping you make a cake. Hey, hear about it. But there are some people, when they help you, it's a real help. And so, every man his work. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. 
and increasing in the knowledge of God. So tonight, I want you to know that there's an assignment over your life. There's a reason for you being alive. And think about it. There are some people who are sickly weak. They have diabetes, hypertension, asthma, and high cholesterol, but they are alive. And there are some young men just walking around, playing, some are footballers, some are athletes, just walking, and they drop dead. It doesn't make sense because God has not called them at this time. Your, your life is so precious. You can't just die. So you must understand that there's a reason. There's a reason for your life. And tonight, I'm coming to show you one of the purposes of your life. But there is a purpose. Um, that purpose for your life. Uh, there's a book, many are called. It's, it's, it's a, a book that goes into great detail about the various callings of people who, are, who have been called by the Lord and who have a purpose and a calling on their lives. Tonight, I'm not going to go into detail at all like that. But I'm just trying to give you an idea of, of the different callings, the different ways at which people are, are, can discover the purpose for their lives. Um, I, I would say that there's, there's a group of people whose life mission is very specific. They are called with a purpose. Um, um, Moses. Moses was, was born, I mean, at the time he was being born, they were killing all the man-child. I mean, they were just killing all the children. And God was able to sneak Moses through all the obstacles and let him be born and put him in a boat, in a small basket in the river, hiding him until he was discovered by none other than Pharaoh's daughter. And he was hidden in the palace because God had a specific plan for him. You know, there are some people whom God has specific plans for them. Another one is uh, maybe Samson. Samson was born with a specific plan. I mean, God told his mother and his father who couldn't have a child that they're going to have a child who's a Nazarite from birth, no wine, no cutting hair, no dead bodies. And this child is born from birth to be a special child from God. Unfortunately, uh, something messed up a bit. And girls, I don't know, girls, 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 it's a, it's a problem. And it didn't work very well. And the girls, 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 took him to prison, prison, prison. And then his eyes came out and then uh, he died. But Samson was born with a specific vision. Another guy who was born with a specific vision, a very interesting guy, is, is Joseph. Um, Joseph, Joseph as a child, I, I mean he's the one who I find very interesting. As a child, he had dreams of his brothers bowing down to him. He was out harvesting in the field and then his sack stood up and all his brother's sacks bowed to his sack and then his brothers were very angry with him and then another dream the sun the moon and uh, 11 stars and the sun his father the moon his mother 11 stars bowing down to him that one day they all bow the whole house bow at him because how how can your father bow down to you i mean if kofi tells me i'll bow down to him there'll be a problem in the house but um that was god's plan he revealed to it a child 
And later on, very interesting, um, Genesis, Genesis 42, when Joseph was governor over the land, his brethren came to him, and when he saw them, he recognized them. And um, Genesis 42, verse 8, and Joseph knew his brothers, but they knew him not. And he remembered the dream, and he had dreamed of them. And he said, aha, I remember the dream. You see, that dream, he had probably forgotten it. And then later on, he told his brothers, that God sent me ahead of you to preserve your life. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me into prison. That was God's plan and way of bringing me to Egypt so that he could save all of us by, by this means. And so Joseph is among those who had specific, specific purpose to his life. There are many, but I'm sure there are people out there this evening who know um, that God has called them. Maybe it's from a dream, maybe it's just from a deep conviction in your heart. I have never had a dream. Me, I've never had a dream that God calls me. I've never had a dream. I've never seen Jesus. I've never seen angel. I've never seen any of those things before. Some of you had. I mean, one particular friend, he told me he had a dream. He was standing at a place and then he saw a sea of people. I mean, a whole sea of people. He was standing. He was preaching to them. I said, wow, you're preaching to them. But you know what? That guy never became a serious Christian. He asked him, even to be a shepherd, crowd was a tug of war. To be a shepherd. He never became a shepherd. But he had this dream that he was preaching to others. I have never had that dream before. And there are others. I'm sure, as I'm speaking this in there, some of you out there, you've had that dream. You've had the feeling that God has something for you. You know, I mean, you've had a, a feeling somebody touched you, somebody anointed you, somebody saw you, and the person said, you are called, you, are, you, are, you do great things. I, I don't know how it happened, but some of you, you really have had a, a specific indication of a call. Don't joke with this. Don't joke with this. God didn't do it lightly. Amen. So that's the first group, those who have a specific call. And we that our prophet has a specific call. And his name is Dag. Dag means light, light, day, light. And I feel that, um, and somebody, he says once when he was in school, a friend had a vision of him holding a torch and leading people. Yes, yes. I think he's, he's done those who have a specific mission to help a lot of people. And that is what he's doing, saving thousands upon thousands, building churches, creating uh, um, men, turning them into pastors. That is the, the thing. The second group are those who are like Aaron, who um, become called because they follow somebody. Um, Aaron was, was not called, but his brother Moses was called. And when they met together and they were walking side by side into great things, and then uh, Aaron's call came through. Aaron was, was, just, was, just, was just called by by. Association. I mean, another group of people are probably Peter, James, John, Matthew, uh, Andrew, all those guys who were also uh, uh, called by following Jesus. And so it's another group of people who find their life purpose by being with somebody who is called. Now, many of us find our life purpose by being around the prophets because as he moves into ministry, so do we. And, and this is how come a pharmacist like me has become a pastor as I am today. And, and that is, that is um, 
the disciples. They were, they were, they were not fishermen, farm, uh, not farmers, farmers, fishermen, uh, tax collector, uh, a doctor, so many other things. But because they followed Jesus, they were able to become men who were called, and they lived a life, a very purposeful life. So today, when you hear the name Philip, Andrew, uh, Peter, Simon, straight away we think of disciples and the apostles. Um, another person, you know, another person who I think fits this one is, is Esther. Esther is the one with the famous quotation that maybe you became, uh, you came to be the, 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 the kingdom for such a time as this. Um, in the in the modern in the modern translation, it says, "And God made you queen for this purpose." So maybe she was made a queen. She was not born a queen. She was made a queen, and and she she became queen because of Mordecai. Um, you see, Bible says yes, she was beautiful, and then they were getting all the beautiful girls for the king. But there were many other beautiful girls. And so, when you go to Miss Ghana competition, there are many, many beautiful girls lined up. Miss World, Miss Universe, Miss uh, everything. One of them, only one of them becomes a Miss, and the rest go home. And then there's no guarantee as to who becomes the witch, because sometimes the one they call Miss Ghana, you don't agree. And the one they call Miss Universe, you say, Kai, never. What a waste. And then you have your own opinion over the Miss Universe or the Miss Ghana or the Miss whatever it is. And so there was no guarantee that uh, uh, Esther would become the Miss Queen, but because that was said, because she obeyed, she obeyed uh, uh, Mordecai, and she did whatever he said. And he had told her, "Don't reveal your uh, yourself to the people." He, had, he used to come to the gate and sit there. That is how she she rose and became significant. So um, Esther, Esther. Esther found her calling by following a man who was called. And I am certain, I'm certain that there are many people out there. If you were a bit more serious in church, and a bit more inclined to follow your pastors, follow the people ahead of you, you will discover your call. If you were a bit more uh, uh, serious about doing what you are told, some of you have been told things, you have not done it at all. Uh, whatever they told you to do, read, quiet time, pray, fast, you don't do it at all. You are almost, you are very difficult to lead. You are actually a very stubborn goat. Very difficult to lead. And, and you don't do what they say, you do what you like. That, this is not the way to discover your calling. Such a person, you keep walking around and say that, I'm not called, I'm not called. Because you're not following the person who is called around you. You're not able to discover the purpose for your life. And then you see that there's no calling on life. There is. There is a calling on your life, but you can't, you can't find it because you are so non-compliant. Listen, let me challenge you, okay? Let me challenge you. Follow a bit more closely those who are ahead of you. Follow the pastors, the shepherds, the, the one ahead of you, just follow him. Listen to his words and his commands and just obey them. When we say quiet time, just do quiet time. And I'm tired. You just do quiet time and just try it for a few days. 
It's hard to read the Bible. Just read the Bible and just pray and just spend a few minutes. And as you walk in obedience and you obey, and I've, I've said it several times, go and make yourself a savior of men. As you do these things, you discover that you, you are finding your purpose in life. Amen. Yes, suddenly you have great satisfaction in, in, in doing the things that God has actually laid on your heart. And you'll be so happy with your life. So the first group are those who themselves are called with a specific call. The second group are those who follow somebody who is called, follow him closely, and then they see what is uh, what will come out. And the third group is the big group of goi. And that group there, we all the inside. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That group is a group who I call they have marching orders. Just go. Where? Go wherever you can go. And do some, go somewhere do, and, and do something. Uh, preach somewhere. Yeah, do something. That's all. Just go. Where? Anywhere. You see, that group is the biggest group of people that Jesus gave his last word to. Go into all the world. And that is how come um, our prophet says we are going to 190 countries. Going. That is the key. So, your purpose, you will discover it. And what is your purpose? It is to bear fruit. Uh, uh, John, John 15, verse 16, uh, Jesus said, I, you didn't choose me, I chose you, and I ordained you to go forth and bear fruit, and that the fruit should remain. The real purpose for our lives is to bear fruit. That is, that is, the re- that is one of the number one, I think the number one reason is that we should bear fruit. And anybody who, is, who can see that God has called him, this is the reason for your call, to bear fruit. And so, if you're gonna be, you're gonna see yourself as a strong Christian, you must be a fruitful Christian, and you must bear fruit. That's the, I mean, so my question to you this evening, as we are starting, is where is your fruit? Where, where is the fruit? And if you can't see any fruit, maybe it's time to start thinking about it. That I need to bear fruit. I need to bear fruit. Where, and some of you are Christians, you've been in church for years and years. And you are, I mean, you are a mature Christian. Maybe you know a few scriptures. You can pray. Yes, you can pray. Yes, you know a few things. But where is your fruit? Where is your fruit? Um, if you can't point, I mean, no, there's no fruit that is virtual. Okay, okay. In this, in, in these, in these days now, you know, in the virtual world, we have a virtual uh, society, virtual church, virtual things. So, so people are things are virtual. It's true. But not your fruit. Your fruit should not be virtual. It should be real. It is a real fruit you must have. Where is your fruit, Mr. Christian man, Miss Christian girl? Where is your fruit? Jesus said, "I, you didn't choose me. I chose you." He called us even before we were born with a calling that is on our lives, and he said he has sent us, ordained us. Sent us out <clears throat> to bear fruit. That is my aim tonight. That you must bear fruit. Hallelujah! It must be something you are conscious of. I am very conscious of the fruit 
I, I think, I think about it. I think about very deep all the time. I think, I mean, my whole, my whole thinking is, is deep. And I wonder, my church, my, my, um, friends, all I do, I wonder what it, what it is doing towards heaven. Yes. My, my thinking is heaven. Heaven. I, I think of heaven a lot. I think of going to heaven. I think of if I die, I'm going to heaven. If I don't die, I'll see Jesus. Whichever way it is, I'm going to heaven. And I, I always imagine getting to heaven with my feet. So, um, bearing fruit must be something we all think about. That is my purpose this evening. You must be conscious of a desire to bear fruit. You must want to bear fruit. You must have fruits. Uh, think about fruits. I mean, I remember, I remember many, many years ago, I remember years ago, I went and bought a mango seedling and I planted it in my house in Tamale. I said I wanted fruits. And I planted a tree and the tree began to grow. They told me that this tree, it bears fruit very, very fast. I was waiting. It grew, it grew, it grew, it grew. Hey, look, I, I was in that house for years. I never ate one mango of that tree. It was not, I never saw the fruit. I, I told my friend, let's cut it down. They'll say, wait, wait, wait. I left there. I, I moved out of the house, left the house, and the mango is there. I never had any fruit. Another time, too, I went and planted a purple tree in my house. And the purple tree began to grow. It was growing, growing, growing. And there was no fruit. I saw some branches be, not branches, but something sticking out from the, 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 the root. Yes, ah, where are the fruits? What are these things sticking out? Then he told me it's a male purple tree. I've just saw before a male purple tree. I said, What do you mean a male purple tree? He said, That's what it is. It did not bear fruit. You know what I did? I cut it down because I wanted fruit. So I understand the master when he says, Cut it down. Why convert it down? He's expecting fruit from us. Hallelujah. But listen, Mark chapter 4. Um, let me say this to you. Do not allow money, lack of money, or excess money, too much or too little, to hinder you from bearing fruits. Money is maybe the greatest obstacle we have to bearing fruits. And Mark chapter 4, verse 18, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So there are some people who become unfruitful because of certain things that choke the word. And then they are just, they are Christians. I mean, uh, yeah, there's no doubt that they are born again. There's no doubt that they answer the altar call. There's no doubt that when they die, they're going to heaven. There's no doubt that they know Jesus, even the Holy Spirit, and God the Father. But they are not fruitful. They are unable to bear fruit. Um, and the reason is that that fruitfulness or that fruitful nature that should be in them has been choked by certain things. And what are these things? The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Um, money, uh, 
Money is a problem. We need it. But those who will be rich fall into temptation and a snare. And they have pierced themselves with many sorrows. That is, those who will be rich. Um, money has a way of, of derailing a lot of Christians. Too much money. Too much money will derail you. First Timothy chapter 6. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, proud, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. When your heart will shift from following God to now following money, and you are now more concerned about your money, how to keep it, how to preserve it. This is, uh, this is the problem of the rich. Look at verse 18. That they do good. It means some rich men don't do good. And it's very true. Sometimes the most generous people are the low income average people. I, I remember the former, the, the previous US election, the previous, previous election, um, Obama, he raised more money from the students and the average people than the Clinton did from all the rich people in the city. Because the rich they give, but the poor give more. And so those of us who are who have money, it can be a, a stumbling block. And those who don't have to, don't have money, hey, that one's a stumbling block because they too they are always looking for money. They are broke. No money, no network, no bundle, no offering, no tithe. All these no, 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 it adds another big no over your life. Your life is a no life because everything I don't have, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. How can you go for it in life when the answer is no, no, no? What kind of a father are you? Can I go out? No. Can I have a shoe? No. Can I have a shirt? No. Can I have a Coca-Cola? No. What kind of father are you? That's how you have become. Everything I don't have, I don't have. You see, lack of money can make you become a no person. I'm always negative. I'm always trying to conserve things. No, no, no. Be among those who don't have and don't care. Be among those who share the little they have with everybody. Are you listening to me? Money should not be a reason for you to, to uh, become a person who cannot do the work of God. Money should not be the reason why you are not able to obey God. That you are listening to, you are hearing all these things, but you can't do it. You can't give offerings. You can't do anything. Oh, no. I don't believe it at all. So, conquer this fault that money has over you. If you have money, don't care. Be listen. And if you don't have money, you too don't care. You will not die. I promise you that you will not die. If you have a lot of money, listen, don't care. You can lose it easily. I mean, in these days, people are, are losing businesses, are losing their um, income. So many that, that this uh, coronavirus time has turned the whole world upside down, closed down hotels, closed down businesses, closed down so many things. It's not the place for you to count on money. You say, oh, I have money. Um, those who have big money. I remember in the, in the first day, the first week, I read that $16 billion was wiped out 
of people's wealth by their drop in the stock market. $15 billion disappeared. People lost money. Money just disappeared. Look, do not let money influence a decision too much or too little. It's God. It is God who we are following. And let God lead us into what we have to do. Tonight, we want to be a fruitful Christian. We want to be a Christian who is bearing fruit. It is simply like this. Don't let money help you decide. You decide what you want to do and God will make a way. Decide you want to preach and God will make a way. Decide you want to go to church and God will make a way. Decide you want to pay your tithes and pay your tithes and God will make a way for you to meet your, meet your other needs. Decide that I will never go to church and not give an offering. God will make a way. Do not let money decide for you, but you decide and let God provide that money. And, and you know, um, like I Jesus, we don't spend too long here. But um, the third, the third, third uh, uh, key that is important for you to be a fruitful Christian, the first is that you must decide, I will be fruitful. I will be fruitful. My life has a purpose. I will not waste it. I will not just be here and there. But I will be fruitful. I will have something to show for my life. Those who went to school and then all they can do is write on the wall, I was here some. Ah, is that you? I was here some. Joe Asasa was here some. You take crayon or charcoal and then write on the classroom wall. Otherwise, your 99989 has made you irrelevant in the school. I was here some. That's all you do. No, no, no. Your life has a purpose. You decide that I will see that purpose come to pass. Second is that don't let money determine it. I think, you see, in these days now, I have to admit money is tight. I have to admit it. In these days now, I have to admit that people have lost income, people have lost their jobs. In families, one person is not working, one person is working, one person uh, has to pay all the bills now. Money is tight. God is still God. God is still in control. God is still ruling over our affairs. God is still the one who will bless you and take care of you. So, number, number two, do not let money decide. It should not hinder you from doing the work of God. It should not be a major reason why you do or don't do. Just do it. And the third one, how to be fruitful, is very simple. Do not be lazy. But I feel that this one is maybe one of the most important reasons why many young men, especially young men, do not do the work of God. Why? They are lazy. That's all. Um, Proverbs 22. Seest thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings. When you see a young man with two hands, two feet, a working head, strong muscles, and a good body, and he's not going up in life, but he's going down. He's going down, down life in life. I mean, I'll give you one clue to his problem. Laziness. Uh, inability to stay long at a job. Inability to finish what he started. When you see a, a healthy, strong man, unable to get a job, keep a job, finish school, get good grades, 
your head is not upside down but it's correct on your shoulders and still you are getting 897, 897. I can tell you, nobody is born a fool. Nobody is born unintelligent. What is there is laziness. You open the book, you just browse, then you shut the book. Then you say, oh, I'm late. You want to go and listen to music, you listen to music, you are lazy. You wake up in the morning, look at the clock, 6 o'clock. Students, waking up at 6 o'clock, you are lazy. And it, no, no, no. I mean, I've seen, I've seen many school kids, young, young kids, in the total queue at 6 in the morning, they woke up much earlier. One of the key reasons why many Christians do not bear fruit is laziness. Proverbs chapter 6. Go to the ant, thou sluggard or thou lazy bones. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide of a seer or ruler. Um, how long will thou sleep, O sluggard? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen an ant sleeping? Have you, I've seen my dog sleeping, my cat sleeping, I've seen monkeys sleeping in trees, I've seen a giraffe standing up and sleeping, elephant to the stand and sleep. I've seen many, many animals sleeping. But have you ever seen an ant sleeping? I've never seen an ant sleeping. They're always moving around, always moving around. That's why Bible says, look at the ants and consider her ways and be wise. Ants are always working, always on their move. Unfortunately, many of us, we are slow. We can spend the whole afternoon lying down, watching cars pass, sitting on a chair. Even, you see, when you have free time, find a book and read it. Nah. You just sit down somewhere, fold your arms, then you are watching the traffic, plus people passing, maybe watching boys or girls passing, looking at cars, wow, that's a mystery, that's a BM, that's a this one. Instead of reading and redeeming the time, you just while it away. Amazing. Sometimes you have work to do. Oh, this work, I'll do it tomorrow. Whenever I hear tomorrow, I'm seeing a man who is lazy. I'm talking to you. Whenever the word is I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. No, no, no. Today is the day of salvation. If you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Today is the day that we do everything. In the Bible, it's either today or a thousand years. That's, that's, that's how it is. Today or a thousand years. And, and, and many of us, we, we choose the thousand years. I'll do it tomorrow. There's a certain, certain uh, um, shop I've seen in Accra. It's gone now. It's a kiosk. It says, free cook tomorrow. That's yes, free coke tomorrow. Of course, when we ask them, I want a free coke, come tomorrow. When you come the next day, free coke, oh, come tomorrow. Why? Tomorrow never comes. You, you want to be a serious person? No. Never put off to tomorrow what you can do today. There are those who have the opposite mantra. Never do today what you can do tomorrow. Those people, they say that, uh, uh, what? Uh, waiting, waiting man will see before. They, I mean, they are, they are the ones who are so uh, phlegmatic about everything that, oh, we can wait, we can take our time and do things. Laziness may be the biggest obstacle to many Christians ever bearing fruit. Unable to wake up in the morning, 
this morning, prayer time, I, I, listen, at before four, I was up and I was trying to call people and some of them tell me they are now waking up at seven. I said, look, I don't remember the last time I woke up at seven. I mean, I waking up at seven. I don't remember. We are always up early. And then waking up at seven, waking up at eight. How is it possible? How can you ever be able to be productive if you are waking up so late? Hmm. Laziness is something that we must fight. We must fight it. We must decide that I'm going to do it. Um, how to fight laziness? How to fight laziness? Very, very easy. Oh yes, I know what I say. It's very, very easy. How to fight laziness. Should I tell you? Should I really tell you? You want to know how to fight laziness? If I tell you, will you do it? Will you apply it? Are you sure? Okay, I'll tell you how to apply, how to overcome laziness. Very simply, whatever you have to do, do it now. Do it now. I have homework. Do it now. I have to read. Do it now. I have to wash. Do it now. I have to cook. Do it now. It's late. Do it now. You can wash in the night. Who said you can't wash in the night? Who said you can't cook in the night? Who said you can't do things in the night? Those are all our old tables from the previous years when there was no light in the night. How we have light, front light. We watch football in the night, cine in the night, concert in the night. Why can't you wash in the night and cook in the night and do your homework in the night? You have made the night for bad things and not for good things. Whatever you have to do, do it now. I like the Nike, uh, this is their, their slogan, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Whatever you have to do. Me, listen, um, believe me, I'm phlegmatic. But I have learned something. Whatever I'm going to do, I do it immediately. It is something I have learned from following my father, following all the other senior bishops around him who have the same spirit. Do it now. Whatever you're going to do, do it now. Tonight, if you're going to be a fruitful Christian, do not put off till tomorrow. In fact, in fact, there's somebody you must make an effort to win a soul tonight. Yes, around you, people have not slept. You are sitting outside. There are people around you outside. One of them there with you is not born again. One of them sitting by you as you are all patching on the wall, on the bench. One of them with you out there is not born again. And if you all die tonight, you are going up, he's going down. And so for somebody, tonight is the night when you must bear fruit. Do not be lazy. Maybe you're in your room and say that, oh, I'm not the one. No problem. I'm not the one. Maybe you are, where you are, there's no unsafe person. You say, aha, it's not me. Hey, early tomorrow morning, you will have a chance to save a soul. Early tomorrow morning, somebody will cross your path who is not born again. That person is, has been sent to you for you to uh, 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 save a soul. Don't say that, oh, I want the next person. I want the next person. I want the next person. One day, a friend of a friend of mine sent me a short clip. I saw a lion 
a lion prowling, crouching in the bush, trying to catch uh, a buffalo or, or, or deer, and they were just passing one, one. The lion was just lying there watching the deer. They are passing. You see the lion trying to go, but still watching. They are all passing one, one. And then he, look, uh, uh, just lying there. Then one lion came from nowhere, just jumped into the deer and caught one. That's all. You can time, ah, I'm timing, I'm timing, I'm timing, I'm timing. Before you are aware, the last one is gone. That other lion, he just jumped in and grabbed any deer, then he caught one. Tonight, I want you to understand that laziness will be your worst enemy when it comes to faithfulness. Not able to wake up, not able to pray, not able to go out, always procrastinating, putting off tomorrow, another time, later, a better time, when I'm prepared, when I'm better dressed, when I comb my hair, when I'm ready, when I'm able. When I can talk long, when I have adequate time, excuses, 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 simply to put off doing what you must do now. Tonight, you must become a fruitful Christian. You must become a person who is able to bear fruit. That is the purpose, that is the reason why God called you, God made you, God, God brought you into this world as a person who has a purpose, even person purpose, they are, they are similar. That is the reason why God has made you who you are and what you are. That you bring forth fruits and that your fruits will abide. Tonight, I want to speak to you from, from my heart. Be a fruitful Christian. <clears throat> Be a fruitful Christian. Be a fruitful Christian. That is the key thing you must have. Be a fruitful Christian. Um, decide, I will bear fruit. I, I, it is something which I will do. I will bear fruit. Money will not stop me. Too little or too much will not stop me. No money in my pocket, I can walk. Too much money in my pocket, I can share it. I can keep it for later. But I don't have to let it weigh me down. I need to make myself a savior of men soul winner, a fruitful Christian. And the last point for tonight is that I will not be lazy. I will not put it off or put it away or delay it for another time. But now, I will do it right now. Tonight, somebody can win a soul. Right now. Tonight, somebody, there are people around you who are not born again. And somebody else, tomorrow morning, is your chance. Do not procrastinate. Do not put it off. Do not delay anything. Don't do tomorrow what you can do today. That is the motto we must now have. I believe that if we really, really, really um, try to become fruitful Christians, we will bear much peace. Much peace. And you'll be amazed at what God will bring out of you. Decide, I will be a fruitful Christian. I will be a fruitful Christian. Decide. Can I just pray? Just, I want you to just pray for yourself. Just pray for yourself. And wherever you are, just put your hand over your heart or in your head or on your belly or just, just be yourself where you are. 
and just pray for yourself, Lord. I want to be a faithful Christian, Lord. I want to bear much fruit. I want to bear fruit that will abide. I want to be a person who, when I get to heaven, I will have nothing in my hand, but my works will follow me. I will see a crowd following me to heaven. Some will be there ahead of me. But when I get to heaven, I will see people, and they will say, uh, "Because of you, I'm, I'm, I'm saved. Because of you, I'm healed." Lord, help us to become faithful Christians. Just pray for yourself, just this evening, as we are just ending our short, short time together. Just pray for yourself. I want to be a faithful Christian. I want to bear fruit. I don't want to just spend my time doing things that will be wiped away. I think an earth will be, will be swept away. It will all disappear. It will, it will end. But thy word, the word of God, the seed will never perish. Just pray for yourself, Lord. I want to be a, 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 a fruitful person. Shaka Peka Kaya. Rabad Bibi. Rabo Kusebara. Rebuyan Bibi Kataya. Just pray. Lord, me, here I am. You know me, my gifts, my talents, my, my financial situation, whatever I have, so much or so little, uh, so talented or so little, whatever it is, this is me, Lord. This is me, Lord. Use me. Use me. Make me to be. Faithful Christian, I want to bear fruit. It doesn't matter what work you do, uh, tailor, teacher, doctor, nurse, carpenter, mason, Uber driver, shop, shopkeeper, uh, truck pusher, Fagia uh, driver, Boboya mate, whatever you are. Lord, use me. There's somebody I can reach, there's somebody you can reach. There's somebody you have prepared for us. And as we go forth, that person is tailor made for us to lead him to salvation. Just pray for yourself. And maybe you are a mature Christian. No problem. I don't know how much fruit you have born, but you can bear more. I don't know whether you are the mango tree who said that enough. I will not bear any more tree when it's the mango season. Oh, how? Mango trees bear fruit, ah, that some are lying down on the ground. That is the fruitful bird. That is a fruitful tree. It's not that one, two, three mango on the tree. One, two, three mango on the branches. Then it's a mango tree. Such a tree is almost barren. A mango tree is six mango, ten mango. It's almost barren. A mango tree has, and the branches are way down, and they are fruit all over the floor, lying down. And let the animals come and eat some, because it is a fruitful tree. Lord, make us fruitful tonight. I pray. I pray for everyone listening to me here. Lord, turn their hearts. Let them understand the purpose for our calling that you give to each one his work. And we have been created uh, as unto good works, as Christ gave us unto good works. That is the purpose of our calling. And tonight I pray, Lord, I pray that as, we, as all those who hear my voice, they become soul winners, they become fruitful Christians. Let nobody, nobody waste his life away. Let nobody just let their days run and be gone. But instead, let them be days of useful labor, fruitful labor, uh, working hard to see things come to pass. And as we force and force like that, we will show up first. Thank you so very much, Lord, for everyone listening. I pray that this word is a seed. It's a seed that is being thrown on good soil by 
banishing, cast aside every hard soil or every thorny soil or every uh, road, every walkway, every pathway. I just close all those avenues. Let those seed fall there. Let the seed fall on good soil. Let every person hear my voice, talk, O God, be a good soil. Soften their hearts, O God. Break up the fallow ground. Break up that hard ground. I pray, Lord, that you cause them to be able to be drawn, drawn to the words, and the words will settle deep into our hearts. Find water there and germinate it. I pray, Lord, that all these things are going to turn us around and make us become fishes, fishes of men. Thank you so very, 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 very much. Hallelujah. Listen, um, a, a fruitful Christian is first of all a Christian. And to be a Christian, you must give your life to Jesus. To be a Christian, you must uh, give yourself to Jesus. Tonight, you want to pray. If you're not born again, you want to pray, Lord, save me from my sins. Wherever you are, just let me lead you in prayer. You know in your heart. You're not born again. You know in your heart. You don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You suspect that if you die, you will not go to heaven. You suspect that you may easily go to hell. You're not sure. But you suspect that if you see something, it will be smoke and fire, not flowers and beautiful trees. Please, please, follow me in this prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to save me from my sins. Thank you for coming down from heaven to die on the cross to save us from all our sins. Pray, Lord, tonight, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of all the bad things I have done. For wash away all my sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that tonight, tonight, I'm going to be born again. Change my heart. Remove this old heart out of me. Give me a new heart. One that will love you and follow you all my days. Prepare a place for me in heaven by your side. And write my name in the book of life. Today, I am born again, and Jesus is my Lord, my Master, my Savior, and my best friend. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Lord, thank you so very much for everyone who prayed this prayer. Thank you for those who have believed that you have really heard this prayer and you will answer from heaven and write their names in the book of life. Holy Spirit, go forth right now and touch them. Touch their hearts, touch their minds, touch their lives and turn them around into people that you have saved for eternity. Thank you so very, 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 very much for this great salvation. In Jesus' name, Amen. Took me in his arms, held my head to his chest, said, My son's come home.
We believe the word of God has come through to you. Join us at the Lighthouse Chapel International Bantama behind the Confidence Eating Place. Listen every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. every Tuesday. Stay blessed.